should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. I'm getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. Be a book. She can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Hello and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to, because we already hit our 600 posts for the day. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Benedict, who somehow manages to get 6,000 posts. Benedict! Mm. How was your vacation? It's good. It's good. <laughs> I was, uh, was out and about in, uh, in the land of volcanoes. You gotta give me more than that. Cool. You gotta give me more than that. Yeah. No. You can, it's, no, it's, it's good. good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Larry uh, David. Larry David wouldn't give you more than that. He would maybe <laughs> throw in a pretty. So... Uh, right there, no, go, isn't it? Yeah, 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 good. Yeah. It's good, mate, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was cool. It was, I went to Iceland. Uh, and Land uh, volcano, of ice and fire. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, which it is. It's cold, and also a volcano is now actively erupting on Iceland, for those that don't uh, a know. A volcano that no so, one can pronounce, I'm sure. Mm, no, I think this one is easier to pronounce. I can't tell you what it is, but it's near Reykjavik. Well, you're very lucky uh, that I have, as a matter of fact, Google... And it is the Fokrashishfall volcano. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you can't tell me anyone can pronounce that. That's no. Sorry. My there wife all is together to, too tr- many consonants on. in that Kevin, word. I need you to look at the screen because my wife is trying to show you the Puffzilla mug that we bought, <laughs> uh, which is showing a puffin destroying uh-huh. a, an Icelandic town. Uh-huh. Uh, can you see it on the screen? It, with Japanese on the mug? Yeah, it's the Japanese for Reykjavik. Okay. So, <laughs> that's what all kind that. of vacation did you have? Uh, that's like, we're actually the cause of the volcano. Erupting. <laughs> we, <laughs> I mean, we apologize to Iceland, the Icelandic community. Uh, I, I do apologize. How was your vacation? My vacation, which uh, we forgot to tell anybody I was also taking. Including me. <laughs> <laughs> I did forget to tell. Here's the thing. Um, I forgot. So I assumed um, that I would be home in time to record yesterday. Because Kevin doesn't know how trains work and that they don't know go directly it, no, to your house. It, well, yeah, it wasn't even that. It was that I forgot that there's this whole thing where I have to drive home after I get off the train. Uh, yes, you are correct. I sort of assumed that I would be home the moment the train got here. Uh, we took, yeah, we went up to Chicago. It's my partner's uh, 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 birthday over the weekend. So we went up to Chicago. We took the train there. We went and did uh, all the tourist stuff. We did the tourist mm. stuff because she'd never been to Chicago. Uh, I love Chicago. I think oh, it's, it's a cool beautiful town. city. It's a fantastic city. Like we went up and we did the Sears Tower thing where you, nice. you stand in the box uh, uh, that's just, just glass on the bottom above everything yeah, yeah. and did that. Uh, we did uh, most of the museums, you know, the Field Museum and the, the Science and Industry Museum was great. Had a lot of trains nice. in it. I love trains. Yep. I'm a fan of trains. Uh, so, yeah, we did all that stuff. I, we did uh, the zoo and we had a good I time. I was going through your Twitter replies yesterday where you had written about posting about the train. I wrote uh-huh. this on Twitter too, but I'm going to say share it with the pod. <laughs> Is you, you got all these thoughtful and lovely replies of like you people like, trying oh, to guess, yeah, with, man. Love the guess train. which it's train so you were on. Rather and... take the train than fly. And you're like, yeah. choo choo, motherfucker. <laughs> That's it. 
<laughs> that is the interaction that Direct we had on quote Twitter. of your yeah, tweet. So, yeah, that is it. Uh, so yeah, I you didn't I even apologize. bother to text me that you tweeted that at me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's because I saw it and I thought it was funny, and it was. I stand by it. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. Benedict hates trains. <laughs> Everybody knows I love trains. You will not get away with this uh-huh. slander. Uh, so, anyways, Benedict, <clears throat> uh, you probably know what it is that we do here on this program. Some folks. Folks who've never uh, caused uh, an eruption of a volcano <laughs> in Iceland, they might not know what it is. That would that would be a very small audience if our, yep. all the people who knew about us were people who had caused an eruption of a volcano. That's in probably Iceland. about our audience size. To be honest. <laughs> might not know what it is we do here on this program. Those folks, I would say. This is the show where we go deep, 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 deep to plumb the depths of right-wing thought, reviewing a chapter from work of conservative literature, and in between, take a look at other examples of the right, doing their best to make America hate again. Starts up, Bennett, do you have a hot take for us this week? Yeah, the ad tech industry is deeply broken, and I don't yeah. know if it's your <laughs> fault. Uh, oh, yeah, but, I'm the one who broke Twitter's API. Yeah, it's Yeah, me. yeah, no. No, no, but I was, I, again, come, comes from my Twitter, but mm-hmm. I was watching, an, uh, I'm going back through Always Sunny, um, just as, as filler in the background. You know, it's one and, of those things that you almost have to do, like, every time there's a new season, even though yeah. you don't need to know anything that happened before. Well, I've, I've never watched it all the way through before. Really? Like, I've seen it here and there, and, like, I started watching season one, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this got made. <laughs> um... <laughs> So yeah, it's a lot. But anyway, I was watching that and immediately got like a, an ad for a, like a, a very like Christian dating app. I forget Ooh, yeah. what it was called. I texted it to you, but it was it was like it was very upward. like it's called yeah. upward. And yes, Benedict, I did try and convince my partner to make a profile <laughs> on it, like I did with the right stuff. It wasn't that didn't fly. No, she's like, oh, come on, I'll deal with fucking fascists. <laughs> I'm not dealing with Christians. Well, so, you know, you, you pick one. It's, it's it's very much a. This is not Panera. You don't have to pick two. Although, although sometimes it is a buy one get one situation. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyway, AdTech is deeply broken if it thinks that a Christian dating app should be served in the middle of an Always Sunny episode. Yeah. It wasn't even a front-loaded ad. It was a, it was a middle wait a minute, of the wait episode a minute, wait, ad. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you have Hulu with ads? Uh, yeah, I guess what, so. What the, at one point there was, you were planning on getting rid of everything else and just doing Hulu with live TV. What the fuck happened? I have Hulu with live TV, but when you watch old stuff, it serves you ads. I sometimes. don't get ads on Hulu. Okay, I do. <laughs> well, we'll share passwords after we get okay, off the show. Okay, sure. We'll figure it out, but, uh, yeah. That's fine. I think it depends what the channel is, to be fine. honest. I think FX still serves you the ads because that's that premium shit. <laughs> Their deal probably doesn't run. Um, but what about you? What's your hot take? Uh, my hot take this week, Benedict. Uh, it's it's going to be pretty basic. We need more trains. We need more okay. trains. We do need more trains. That's true. The, the trip up to Chicago was just per- it was perfect. Okay, I will say this: my partner had horrible motion sickness oh, on the no. way there, on the way to Chicago, because <laughs> uh, I got I thought it'd be nice. Hey, let's check it out. Let's get a sleeper. Um, on the okay. way up to Chicago. How long does it take? It's uh five hours or so. Okay, that's uh, so bad. it's like you know we didn't need a sleeper, but they had it on the train we were taking because it was one that runs all the way from uh, Texas up to Chicago, um, and so there was an available uh, sleep a roomette, one of the small ones. Mm. So we got that, and the sleeper uh, car was right behind the engine, um, and so it was shaking a lot more uh, than okay. if it was towards the rear of the train and whatnot. And I think it was a little bit older than some of the other cars, so maybe the suspension wasn't as good. Mm. Um, and she was just 
horribly motion sick the entire way there and i'm just lying on the top bunk loving it i'm just enjoying being on a train going saying choo-choo motherfucker exactly exactly uh so she did you have a little conductor's hat and a whistle (laughs) i should have brought one with me i really should have but then on the way back we just sat back in uh, a business class um uh and it was perfect like she she didn't get sick at all it was great it's like it was a a cool was it like a glass window train like the, a big so that was glass, one of the cars sided. one of yeah. the cars is like the observation car where you can nice. go in there and it has all the seats that face towards the sides uh you know you can get drinks in there and stuff and it's a real great time really nice and lovely to sit up there i sat up there for a little bit um but the rest of the train is just like regular cars just like regular uh. cars but you know it's just so much more comfortable than an airplane i i i get enough anxiety taking planes that that's a, a reason enough for me to not want to take a plane mm-hmm. uh but also just the comfort factor like, you're on a plane, your eyes are getting dried out because of the air, and you're uncomfortable. Everyone has that uh, uh, stomach ache like you ate too much bread by the time you get yeah, off a plane. Yeah, yeah. You just, you're just, We were just chilling in the seats that recline all the way, had our big footrests up. It was so nice. I loved yeah, it's it. great. I love it. I got also to read, it. got to do all sorts of stuff. Good times. Uh, Good times. Anyways, Benedict, moving on a little bit this week. What is on your bookshelf? Uh, Netflix show called uh, always sunny in philadelphia <laughs> no that's on hulu uh it's it's uh it's called my name it's a korean show um, oh god you and, and your your k dramas that you're obsessed yeah with well recently. this is more like a squid game type thing oh reality uh, it's TV not like now. it's no 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 <laughs> squid game is not reality <laughs> tv um although no, it may be i was making day. a joke about that netflix reality show version of squid game oh uh, yeah 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 um but it's about someone like who eventually like gets involved in the mob. It's basically like it seems like I'm still watching it, but it seems like it's going to be like The Departed, for, but like Korean. Okay. Like it's it's like a the daughter of a mob boss who's like he gets killed and then she like goes and trains with one of his business associates and then joins the police force as like an undercover like his undercover person in the police force. Uh, yeah, but you're describing like the good. departed. You're yeah, describing the departed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, except it's Korean, so it's intellectual. <laughs> Actually, fuck it. The, the departed no, is Scorsese, so the, that's the intellectual too. Is not, I don't. I don't. I'm not. I might be one of those weirdos. I don't fucking like the departed. I don't think it's it, a good movie. It, it is not Scorsese's best. Movie. I'm not a fan. Don't like it. Not my thing. I like it. You just don't like Boston accents. <sighs> yeah, there's a lot of that. I hate Boston with a passion. What's on your bookshelf? On my bookshelf this week, Benedict, I am doing a book. Uh, oh, a Culture shit. of okay. Conspiracy by Michael Barcoon. Um, okay. He's a professor, I think, at Syracuse. Um, it's it's a book about, come on, it's me we're talking about. It's a book about conspiracy theories. Of course I'm going to be in with it. Um, very academic, but, you know, it gets into a lot of detail. It was published in the 90s, so it's not so recent, but there is the version I have is a second edition which is printed in like 2015 or something. Um, so it does have like an update for like post 9-11 stuff. Um, so there's some uh, uh, some stuff in there. You know, if you're listening to this show, you might be interested in that sort of thing. So maybe you want to check it out. But Benedict, let's move on to housekeeping this week. Remember to rate and review us on the iTunes. Follow us on the social medias at NYGBC pod and at NYGBC Ben. Uh, updates this week. Uh, I just do want to say sorry to our patrons because, of course, as Benedict made fun of at the beginning of the show, I forgot how time works. Uh, so we weren't able to record on uh, our normal I will time say yesterday. that if when, whenever I forget how time works, I get a, <laughs> we have to get the episode out early for our patrons. Whereas when Kevin forgets how time works, we delay the episode. So just going but, on the record saying that. To be fair to you, I didn't get home till like 8.45 my time. 
which would have been late for you. You're it, an old yes. man. You would have been. I, I, I'm in bed by 10 p.m. Yeah, I know. I'm aware. So anyways, uh, sorry about it's, that. It would be a good way for, to keep the episode at an hour, though. <laughs> Uh, a couple other updates. Um, you know, uh, going back to last week's episode, I mentioned that France had abolished slavery before the United States. Um, and Bennett, of course, being a huge Haitian f- history buff, uh, pointed out that Haiti exists. Uh, yep. And that's all valid and relevant. But I do want to make a point that I don't think I made then, which was, was what I was trying to say, which is that Robespierre, you know, that whole guy who they were shitting on having to do with the, the French Revolution— he abolished slavery during oh, the yeah, revolution. Oh, yeah, yeah, Napoleon <laughs> and reinstituted yeah. And then Napoleon reinstituted yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In 1802, it was abolished in 1796. This came out today, actually, because people were, like, people were, like, saying, like, yeah, they loved the Napoleon, the Napoleon trailer. Movie. Well, no, not even that. They were like, oh, the Napoleon trailer looks great. And then someone tweeted, was like, you know Napoleon was a bad guy, right? Like, yeah, we all, yes, we knew that. Thank yes, you. Yes, uh, and then, uh, continuing a conversation we started on the patron-only episode, I had a few other moments I wanted to add to my list of, uh, quote-unquote, queen at Live Aid moments. You know what mm. I mean? The the epic moments in rock. Uh, because, uh, for some reason, that got me thinking about it after we talked about it. So the original two I had said uh, were, of course, queen at Live Aid, because just probably the most epic moment in all of rock history. Um, and then, the Foo Fighters' Taylor Hawkins tribute concert when uh, Taylor's son was mm, playing the drums playing on the My drums, Hero. Yeah. Just, just completely epic. But now, I want to add to that list, after some thought, Hendrix doing the national anthem at Woodstock, uh, yep. Prince playing Purple Rain at the Super Bowl in the in rain. In the rain, yeah, yep. yeah. Elton John playing Candle in the Wind at Diana's funeral. That's a good one. I think yep. it's got to be up there. And Springsteen playing in East Berlin like a year before the wall fell. Think that, I think that's a pretty good starting list right there. I think There's, so too. I think plenty of people will come up with other things that go on the epic, yeah, epic uh, Queen at Live Aid moment list, but that's where my list is right now. Also, because we've been on a real music kick lately, the two of us, mm. um, I mentioned uh, The Pretenders and Chrissy Hind a few weeks ago because we played a Rush Limbaugh clip, um, mm. and he uses My City Was Gone in his intro for like a number yeah, of yeah. years, and I looked into it. Because I had said, Chrissy Hind fucking hate Limbaugh. She wouldn't let it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and it turns out, Chrissy Hind is a huge PETA supporter and animal rights advocate and, you know, environmental stuff and all that. And, of course, so she hated Limbaugh. So when she found out in, like, 1999 that he was using it, because uh, she didn't know before then, um, and he didn't have a license to use it. There's mm-hmm. weird licensing things with radio stations and radio talk shows and things. It doesn't always all line up. Uh, but she issued a cease and desist to Limbaugh, and mm-hmm. then ended up only allowing him to continue using it because her parents were big Limbaugh fans, and she struck a deal where all the royalties from him using it went directly to PETA. So, you know... I would have just taken it down, but I was correct. I did want to point out that Chrissy Hyde <laughs> fucking hates Rush Limbaugh, so I was cool. really happy about that. Good. So, Benedict, uh, we do have some inductees into our Spooky World New World Order bleh, this week, including a couple of new patrons who joined while we were out. Of course, we had that pre-recorded. And if I missed anyone, I think there might, I think I got everyone. If I missed anyone, shoot me a message, let me know, and I'll make sure to get you next time. But, of course, we have to induct our newest patrons, Jacob Johnson. You're now part of our... New World Spooky World Order, yo. Tim Peoples, you are now part of our New World Spooky World Order, yo. And Danny Rosari, you are now part of our New World Spooky World Order, yo. Thank you. What are they? What are they part of, Kevin? The Spooky World New World Order. Yeah, okay, just checking. Of course, if we say it the right way, the terrorists win. 
That's how it works. <laughs> well, people now think it's a code. When you say it the right way, people are, it's like going to be order order. Oh 46. shit! Operation Yellow. Operation yeah. Yellow. <laughs> Grab your go bags. Uh, of course, if you would like to join the spooky world, they would order that. You can tweet or post about the show on social media, recommend it to others, send me a screenshot or tag us in it. Leave us a five-star review wherever you can, drop me a screenshot to let me know, make a donation to a worthwhile charity, become a patron, or just get my attention with something good. With all that out of the way, Benedict, we have, of course, a Steven Seagal clip for us this week. I don't think we need to bother with that this week. I think we do. Okay, I think we do. Quickly, quickly. We have, this is him in 1994 on uh, The Late Show with David Letterman. Um, Okay. I partially like this clip because Letterman was good, man. People, uh, everyone's like, oh, you know, this guy, whoever this is, this, this one of the late night guys, he's a piece of shit. This one's a piece of shit. They're all pieces of shit. Letterman's good. He's good at the job, man. He was just good at the job. He could do a good interview. He could make anyone seem charming, even if they were. Yeah, weren't. he could also be a bit sexist, I would say. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> I'm not going to say that these people don't all have flaws as well. Jay <laughs> sure. Leto, fuck you and your giant car collection, you yeah. asshole. Uh, but uh, here it is. Their films Under Siege and Hard to Kill. His latest film uh, is called On Deadly Ground, and it opens on uh, a week from tonight, Friday. Ladies he does have a voice for it. He sounds young... like he has a cocked eyebrow, like at all times. Letterman. Yeah. Like his then, voice just sounds like inquisitive. If you ever watched old Johnny Carson, like my grandparents were obsessed with Johnny Carson. So when I would go over as a kid, like like one of the things they liked to watch was like the old, like they'd buy those old videotape collections for like sixty nine ninety nine of all the best Johnny moments. Uh, and they just watch a bunch of Johnny Carson. And yeah, I hear a lot of that in like Johnny Carson too, where he'd be have like, there's an inflection in the voice that you have to have to be a good yeah. uh, uh, talk show host. Remember when we used to Only... do Johnny Carson impressions on the old show? <laughs> no, I did. You did. I did a Johnny Carson impression. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's right, folks. Steven Seagal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Tell me again how we don't need to do the video this week, Benedict. Tell me again. <laughs> That's enough. I don't need any more. <laughs> oh, I hope that was his choice. <laughs> Actually, I equally hope it was Letterman's choice, just to be like, fuck this guy. It would absolutely be Letterman's choice, I'm sure. Did every the live band the play that? Hits. Every time the xylophone hits, it's like, what the fuck? Did the live band play it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. They played everything. That's how they did it. Hey, Don. Welcome to the program. Thank you, sir. Well, wow, that's that's a beautiful coat. I'm guessing that's uh, American Indian of some kind. Is Something that right? Like- so oh, is he, he wearing the John Goad coat? Yes, he is, Benedict. That's the other reason why I had to do it. He's basically wearing what I imagine John Goad wears in this book. Is and, he wearing I mean, like, what's on the front of from the book? The co- okay, it, yeah. yes, it is that, basically. But it has, like, a lot more rhinestones. Okay. <laughs> there are rhinestones it's all very, over this fucking it, thing. It's a be- bejeweled. Yes, basically that's yeah. it. Cool. Thing like that. Yeah. Where did you get that? Uh, we had a costume designer kind of have this stuff made for the movie, and I was kind of in the mood to, you know, talk about the movie and thought I'd wear something appropriate for the weather in the movie. Well, that's great. I, I was thinking that maybe a tribe somewhere in this country uh, knew you and liked you and had made you an honorary member well, of the tribe. Well, that's true. That, that is true. Uh-huh. See, that's a much... Pause it, pause it, pause it. Uh-huh. 
that is that is the most perfect series of events that like that so describes steven seagal because you're like hey you've got a cool native american jacket did a tribe take you in no the costume designer made it and i've decided to cosplay yeah yeah but okay you just talked over it a little bit there but dave just suggested oh maybe it was a native american tribe and then all of a sudden steven goes oh yeah that happened that yeah. happened a tribe said they loved me <laughs> yeah but they didn't give him the jacket they just said that they liked him a much better story and uh <laughs> you can use that on your next talk show <laughs> in fact if i study you i could like maybe even become a talk show host oh no, no 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 they don't just give these to chimps you gotta really see <laughs> letter god damn it man that's that's letterman, letterman, good. letterman doing his bernie mac i ain't scared of you motherfuckers it's like, so good they just don't none of the talk show hosts now have whatever the fuck this is no i juice. just want some of this it's it's the juice it's everyone's the juice. too kind is the thing exactly. like, people should be more fucking abrasive <laughs> let me do it to <laughs> show. I'm I'll sorry, be abrasive as fuck i'll be like a wire brush i did i did i don't know what i was saying i'm, I'm upset with paul please forgive me <laughs> I have Olympic fever. Uh, tell me something about your, yourself, your background. Your, you, you've led a very interesting life, haven't you? Oh, uh, not really. <laughs> it's just... He's, just mean, he's like, it's like interviewing a brick wall. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, I'd be a more interesting guest. We've done, you know, like, I don't know, if you include the intro to Seagal episode, like seven or eight videos of him now talking about himself. And every time I'm like, oh my God, this man has zero charisma. He has absolutely zero charisma whatsoever. He just has nothing. For a film star. Yeah. Like, I know that's not his his bag, really. I know it's, like, kicking shit, but... <laughs> yeah. Kind of a bore, Dave. Where were you that's from? why I'm here. I want a little excitement. Where are you from originally? Where were you born? Uh, Michigan. Great state. Michigan. The... <laughs> not too many people out there from Michigan, huh? And uh, still be in this weather. And then you, you moved to California, and then you spent... Uh, was it 15 years in Japan? How did you get from Michigan to Japan? What took you there? Uh, when I was young, I saw the martial arts being demonstrated at a football halftime, and uh, was fascinated. With that's that's the, that's the weirdest origin story I've ever that's heard. That's the best origin story for a Steven Seagal, though. Yeah, that's <laughs> it true. really doesn't get any much better than that. With that, and uh, decided that that was something I wanted to pursue, and got involved in that in my early youth, and then kind of kept trying to how old were you when you went to japan mm, probably when i went to live there I was about 17 years old wow and this was all right with your family everything was okay no problems there yeah yeah what was that experience like i mean you 15 years you are essentially japanese after that length of time i would guess huh <laughs> i mean you know I, I mean i was a little bigger than them but i spoke like them and ate like them yeah and did you, did you have a job there, or were you just there studying, or, or a little of both? I started out studying uh, martial arts, uh, acupuncture, herbality, bone <laughs> manipulation, things like that, and then from there... Okay, that's the point I wanted the last to get thing? to. What was the manipulation? Herbology, and I think he said, yeah, manipulation, something like that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's martial arts, acupuncture, herbology... Should we call him Dr. Segal? <laughs> Yes, doctor, but both the D and the R are lowercase. <laughs> it's too good. This man. God, this, this man, man is a never... walking meme. Like, <laughs> honestly. And a rapist. Uh, yeah, but well... anyways, better. <laughs> Why don't we get into uh, this week's reading? 
Uh, it's a hot start. I'll tell you that say, much. Ooh, it starts hot. I will say I was disappointed that this week we broke the trend of every fourth chapter being batshit. Now, well, the fourth you chapter, say that. Okay. <laughs> the fourth chapter is still batshit, but you know what I mean? Because it's originally it was like a one-page Because it's normally been a two-page batshit. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. right. And, and the fact that this, this fourth chapter today is like a couple more pages than that. Uh, you know, because a lot of it's just banal he walked into the room and looked around. It cuts down on the batshit percentage. I, I percentage, yes. <laughs> high points, I don't think so. <laughs> I think there is a higher aggregate. Well, I think there is a higher point of batshit crazy <laughs> in this chapter sixteen than really? there has been in any chapter. Yeah, Kevin. More than, hey, FEMA, what the fuck are you doing? You need to get those jihadis up to New York on your train. More yes, than I that? Do. I, yes, I think it is more batshit than that. <laughs> well, we will find out, won't we? Mo- mostly because this guy is like, I've known about this all along, but I'm only <laughs> telling you now. <laughs> Which we'll get so to. Good. So Which good. Which we'll get to. Uh, so, look, at this point in the book, I don't feel like we could do a full recap no, of everything no. we've gone uh, th- through. Basically, they've so got far. the. Go back and listen to the episodes. They're great fun, I promise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but John Goad, our main character, uh, has just he... dropped the guy off at prison, right? And now he's going back to his or at Joe Arpaio's place or whatever. whatever yeah, it is. yeah, yeah. He's got one of the bad guys who he's been trying to break, who he dropped off at the uh, Maricopa County Jail. Uh, and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm still waiting for us to get an actual Joe Arpaio uh, yeah. uh, moment, a cameo. Uh, what do you have? What's the version? What's the written form of a cameo? What is that? Uh, good question. Yeah, somebody come up with a term for it. Uh, but I'm still waiting for that. A whammyo. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, he's dropped his guy off at Maricopa, and he's going home now. Uh, and yep. this is chapter 13, titled Deep State Shootout. Which I will say has the strongest I used a thesaurus energy of any <laughs> chapter so far. I <laughs> uh, see. I I have another thing I've no- I've noticed, and that will continue throughout this uh, next couple of chapters, which is the random selection of animals. Selecting animals from a hat. I have that too, which is why I'm saying thesaurus, because he's like, the speed of a cheetah. No, that's too too overdone. I'll use ocelot instead. an ocelot. An ocelot. (laughs) Jesus, I almost expected him to go with like a marmot. He needs to get more and more obscure as we go The speed of a mongoose dodging a cobra (laughs) attack. Yeah, that's really what we need. I could do this better. Let's go. Okay, the the first sentence is the prime example of this, which is like, John turned the engine of his vehicle off. Okay, this is like the most like baby kangaroo Tribbiani from Friends (laughs) that I have ever, ever read in literature. So yeah, he turns off his vehicle. Sorry, the first sentence of this chapter, just to be clear, John turned the engine of his vehicle off and stretched and yawned before exiting it. You know, um, they talk about uh, beginning in media res, but you know, (laughs) they never talk about beginning in media yawn. They really don't. This is such a word count (laughs) chapter because a couple of sentences later, it's he checked his surroundings visually. (laughs) Opposed to with his sonar, of course. Yeah, not he looks around. He checked <laughs> no, his I surroundings want... <laughs> visually with his eyes. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see to this book where John gets out of the car and just start <laughs> <laughs> just echolocation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We're never going 
gonna make it through. No, this is this is sentence three. Uh, <coughs> Skipping down a few sentences. <clears throat> he pulled his keys from his pocket and instinctually placed the house key in the lock without looking. Impossible. <laughs> Least realistic <laughs> no. thing in this book. <laughs> cannot be done. Simply cannot be done. No, I, so you know he is wise in the ways of martial arts. <laughs> He heard a door close in the back of the house as he walked in. Pulling his weapon, he ducked down and moved stealthily with the speed of an ocelot toward the noise. Yes, the speed of an ocelot. <laughs> Not known for being particularly fast. That's the, like you, with the, 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 the speed of a... of a western river skink. Uh, <laughs> the speed of a house cat, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> speed of one of those big cats that look like cheetahs that some people have. Yep. I would love it if he... No, it'd be even better if he stopped remembering what the names of animals were. You know those, you know those things that are kind of like cheetahs, but like a little slower, a little smaller. <laughs> they live like not in the same place where cheetahs do, but like kind of around. Uh-huh. And they're like yeah. spotty. They're kind of cute, but they would still fuck you up. Like, what's mm. that called? Yeah, that's what John was. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whatever it is, that's how fast he was moving. Uh, but skipping down, <clears throat> he walked into his bedroom and was stunned for a moment at the sight of Alicia lying across his bed. Who the fuck is Alicia? We don't know. In Medias Rest for Alicia, she's disappeared in the book for the first time. We haven't heard about her at (laughs) all. She doesn't know where she is. But of course, she's in his bed with one of his shirts on. Yeah. And that was about it. And he, uh, can I can I just say this is we this is the first chapter where we get a woman being written yeah, and it is ten great. out of ten I don't know how women feel or sound. <laughs> also, her first line of the book is, "Hey, did I scare you, little boy?" And Benedict, you brought up Always Sunny earlier. In my mind, <laughs> immediately started singing, "Tiny boy, baby boy, I love you." <laughs> And then, sorry, the accompanying sentence to that is she threw her head back, released her long black hair, and gave a sultry laugh as she devoured him with her eyes. Uh-huh. She waved him to her. Have you seen that parody of, like, men writing women that's like, she woke up, stretched, her boobs stretching stretching <laughs> against her shirt before she bounced her booby boobs down the stairs boobily. <laughs> this is basically that. Okay, I... Do we? I, I haven't looked, um, and I don't know. I think we get a sex scene later in this book. I think we oh, get I'm a sex sure scene at do. some point. And I'm sure we do. I'm so excited for that. I'm pretty sure he comes when she does monkey <laughs> wrist on the other guy anyway. So let's... <laughs> it continues. <clears throat> hey, baby. Nice surprise. Almost got you killed, though. He smiled as he moved to her and sat down on the bed, slowly kicking off his boots. How did you get in? <laughs> did you forget the key you leave in the hole under the porch railing? She said like he was a dumb asshole. Because <laughs> I didn't. But... Like, really? Like, oh my God, so much Which, of this. Okay, what is the wildest response you could have to that question? Like, what were you like, oh shit, I did forget. <laughs> or you could say what John says, which is, I have trained attack scorpions in there. <laughs> Look, the book almost frames it as if that's a joke. But given everything we know about John so far, I think he might actually think he has trained attack scorpions in there. He can talk to scorpions. He forgot he can't talk to scorpions. He can only talk to snakes. So they they just wandered off as soon as he left them. He's a parzel tongue, not a scorpsel tongue, okay? (laughs) 
Okay. Um, so we learn that Alicia... No, uh, let's not skip over my favorite uh, vocal <laughs> modifier, which is, you didn't train them well enough, Johnny Boy. She commented smugly, but in a cute way. So you know, you want it, the writer wants you to know that she's not a bitch. She's still cute. He still wants to fuck her. Like, uh, come on. I think, Jesus honestly, Christ. if a line appeared in the description of her, like, she was cute, definitely fuckable. <laughs> Obviously a, a 10 out of 10. Like, even in L.A. or Chicago. Or even when she was annoying, <laughs> like she was being right now. He when still she was, was annoying, she was only a 9. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, it's so ridiculous. But so Alicia, uh, she was, quote-unquote, his lady. Um, <laughs> yep, She's my says. lady. <laughs> And a tribal police officer who was also attached to the task force. How many of these motherfuckers are there? Who the fuck knows, man? Like, we talked about the actual Shadow Wolves. There's, like, 20 of them. There's, like, 20. That's it. It's just, like, a group. It's one group of dudes. Uh, But uh, apparently they're everywhere. The Shadow Wolves are everywhere. You can't escape them. You can't get away from them. In the shadows with the wolves. But so she's been on a separate assignment. uh, And all this, this beautiful one-page intro (laughs) to Alicia we get, is broken up by some dude calling John on the phone, whose name is Nero Agave. Yeah. Nero Agave. This guy just looked around and and picked names of things that were around him. That's what he did. He got a call from Aloe Vera. There's agave near me. Hmm, what should I call this character? <laughs> well, Nero is black also in, in uh-huh. Latin, or Italian, rather. This so guy doesn't know Italian, Benedict, yeah, you that's know that. Probably true, yeah. uh, but this is a deputy from the uh, Maricopa County Jail who is also, we are told, a brother shadow wolf. So, you know, they all have each other's phone numbers. Yep. You know how they all have each no, other's phone the, numbers? No, the, 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 they're they communicating see each other through at the meetings, Benedict. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, so the guy they dropped off, Jaime was his name, uh, mm. he's freaked out. And so he's begging that John comes back to the jail to pick him up. And let me tell you, if I was put in jail, I would also be begging that someone come get me out of jail. I would do that as well. I'd definitely be wanting that mm-hmm. to happen. Uh, but so John, of course, he decides, well, you know, I have to go illegally take someone out of jail. Uh, Having illegally put them in jail in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Noel illegally tortured him. Oh, uh, yeah, we know true. that. Kidnapped yeah. and tortured. Uh, kidnapped yeah, and yeah. tortured. Uh, but he wants to go kidnap him again uh, and take him out of the jail. So, of course, that's what he does. And Alicia mm-hmm. is going with, because we need the female badass for when this gets turned into an action movie with, um, who would you cast in this? I would say Natalie Portman as Alicia and Tom Cruise as John Goad. That seems to be in keeping directly with what uh, the uh, the writer has envisioned. No, uh, no, Stephen Skull <laughs> is John Goad, obviously. Um, no, this movie requires too much standing and running. Jean Claude Van Damme as John Goad, <laughs> <laughs> but he's not even a champion, Benedict. So honestly. If I had the opportunity, I would make this movie and just cast Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> And then never release it. I would just cast Jean-Claude Van Damme. We can afford the rights to the movie (laughs) for this book. I hope you know that. We can afford the rights. I don't think we can afford Jean-Claude Van Damme, though, unfortunately. (laughs) Eh, He's not doing too well these days either. A lot of direct-to-video stuff. So, Mm. uh, Alicia's driving with him, and John asks, What do you have for weaponry, woman? You know how you talk to your... Mm-hmm. Girlfriend? Lady. Lady is the description we've been given. Yeah. And she responds, I'm a mama grizzly bear ready, my love. Which but, is literally meaningless. 
man. Is that just like she's ready to fight a motherfucker with her bare hands? And it's not an answer to the question. No, and then his response to that is even worse, which is... <laughs> I would prefer Mama Grizzly Bear Ass Ready. That is... Look, you know what? If I have to get points no, for realistic absolutely. bad puns between <laughs> That's a couple... True. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to actually imagine what John Goad would say to that, uh-huh. that is what John Goad would say. Uh-huh, that exactly. is, maybe that is a well-written line. Uh-huh. So we get to the jail now, and uh, we find out what's going on here. So Jaime's freaked because he saw a dude at mm-hmm. the jail. Uh, who he's convinced is is obviously a, a cartel assassin, you know. Yeah. Um, and this is a guy, we get like a page of right-wing jerking off about, oh, you know, you deport them and they come right across the border again. Yep. That's what happens yeah, every yeah. time. Literally, it says, quote, his name is Rafael Agente. We turned him over to ICE for deportation about two weeks ago. And true to form, he's right back home with us once again. Just, yeah, that's exactly. Can I can I just point out? Sorry, you skipped over it, but I, I want to point out that the the Jaime goes to call John Tonto, mm-hmm. and then John's response to this is to interrupt him before he finishes the name Tonto, mm-hmm. and then says, "Don't call me Tonto, okay? You got that? Remember, Tonto always rode away with a Lone Ranger, and you don't want me riding away right now, do you, asshole?" Yep. That's... Which is just the most meaningless word association that I have ever heard in my life. Oh, it's it's really bad. But there is some great stuff right here. So <clears throat> we learn, of course, that this guy, he thinks is a, a cartel man. And Jaime says to John, quote, he's a cartel man. I've seen him do people like they was animals in a slaughterhouse. He's got no soul. And he flashed me a cartel sign when I, he learned I knew him. He's here to get me. <clears throat> and John says, maybe this could be your tipping point. Which Jaime says, what's that mean? What's a tipping point? And I so badly wanted John to hand him a Malcolm Gladwell book. <laughs> really fucking wanted that to happen. <laughs> Read this and get back to me. Do the because reading. Because at this point, I think we learn that so many of the characters in this book don't understand idioms. Yep. So many of them are Drax the Destroyer. They don't get idioms. They don't, Because the next thing John says is, your ticket to ride, Jaime. <laughs> And Jaime says, my ticket to ride where? <laughs> Just so literally. He's like a Vulcan. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. So um, Armando calls up. Remember the uh, task voice. Task, task voice. The, the task voice. The task voice head guy. Uh, who I, I don't think we ever got like a title for him. I'm not sure if we ever did. He's chief. He's chief. chief. Ah, he's yeah, chief. Yeah, he's chief. He's, ah, see, it's a double entendre. Because yeah, Native yeah, yeah, American yeah. and... But he's not racist. he's not a shadow wolf he's not a shadow wolf is he i thought he might be. no because he's not in the meeting of the shadow wolves later they think that they can't trust him okay but he is native american i think no i don't think he is i thought he was no i'm so know. confused this book is yeah, so poorly written <laughs> i mean he may have been at one point to be honest yeah, yeah. and uh, uh armando we learn also doesn't understand idioms uh because the uh, back and forth goes i think we got something really big here armando and we need to take it all the way all the way to where? I don't know. But wherever it is now, looks to me like to be only the tip. Of the iceberg? <laughs> the task force commander queried. No, of the spear. It's the tip of the spear, boss. And I have a strong feeling that I'm right. No, it is iceberg. Amanda was right. <laughs> yeah, it's the iceberg. You got the wrong idiom. You, John, you don't know how idioms work. Or at least you don't know what these two. I mean, it could mean. be the tip of the spear in the sense that it's like an invasion force, and like there's more coming, I guess. But sure, like, sure. But so, both work. I mean, iceberg works much better. 
Yeah, so they take off uh, in uh, John's SUV. I thought he drove a pickup. I could have sworn he drove a pickup earlier in the book, no. but now it's an SUV. He's so. a man of many talents, Kevin. Come He's on. a man of many uh, uh, sport utility Ve- vehicles. vehicles. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's why they said vehicle, because it's like, well, it's a yeah. sports utility vehicle. Pull, it's not a car. Oh, he's one of those fucking guys. You pull up in his yard, and you just got like six cars out there, and he's fucking yeah, yeah. always out there washing him because he's obsessed. Yeah, one of those assholes. But as soon as they leave, they start getting followed by a black SUV. Uh, and so that, you know, like, like happens all the time. Um, and they're driving out towards the reservation. Uh, I think about 10 minutes later, they said, yeah. And they're going to the task force HQ, which is apparently on the reservation, I guess. Although earlier I thought they told us it was in Phoenix. None of this makes sense. But now that they're almost there, there are two black SUVs behind them. And you know, that's trouble. Yep, because they immediately shoot out the rear window of uh, John's car. Yep. That's what happens. And almost as immediately, Alicia pulls an M4 rifle out and starts firing back. <laughs> Just gets out her RPG and starts blowing shit up. <laughs> you remember when John asked her what gun she, sa- she had? Mama she Grizzly said, Bear. I'm a Mama Grizzly Bear. You know how the Grizzly Bears be having M4 rifles. Okay, you know the other thing is, an M4 rifle is not small. No. He would know if she had an M4 rifle on her. You it's think. literally a military rifle. It's what the fucking Marines use. Yeah, this it's makes like no a, sense. It's it's a it's a like submachine gun, isn't it? Kind of. It, no, it's it's like it, it it is like your bog standard basic rifle, your basic military gotcha. rifle. Like like it's like a, it's the military version of the uh, AR-15. Is basically gotcha. what it is. Um, also in this part of the book. The author seems to have a love affair with the word strafing while not understanding what it means. Uh, he uses it repeatedly in reference to how someone is shooting, uh, and and that doesn't make any sense because that's not how I understand the word to be used. Maybe you don't know what it means. Maybe I don't. How the fuck would I know? But so, of course, uh, they lose their, their tires, and the car has to stop, and they get out, uh, and they take up, uh, you know, they're outside of the car. They pull Jaime out and put him on the ground. Uh, which feels dumb because, you know, there's a gap under the car. So they could shoot under that. That feels like mm-hmm. a dumb idea. Uh, and uh, that'll come back in a moment. But now there's like eight guys, eight SWAT clad individuals is the description we get. Yep. We're firing back at them. Uh, do they have like SWAT on the jackets? Is that what that means? Or just mean presumably? Yeah. Or I think it probably means like tactical. Just gear. like in yeah, like then say tactical gear. Like, I, you know, this is the thing. I think. That all of the right thinks of SWAT gear, like, ta- like they don't know the word tactical gear. They just yeah. know SWAT gear. Because, like, I've heard, like, in the Alex Jones trial, he referred to, like, it's even worse with Alex, because he referred to, like, a guy wearing camo pants as being in SWAT gear. Mm. But it was, like, literally just, like... No, that's know, a dad going to Target on the weekend. <laughs> yes. It was like a pair of camouflage guest jeans. Like, that's what it was. Like, what the fuck? That's not SWAT gear, buddy. You need to learn your terms. So, uh, of course, uh, John and Alicia almost instantly take uh, all of them out uh, in a, a manner that is described in almost less than a paragraph. They just managed to kill all these people. Uh, I, you know... Oh, she kills most of them, too. She kills more than Oh, yeah, she's them. she's a mom. Mama grizzly bear. I'm mama grizzly bear ass, John. That's me, mama grizzly bear ass yep. with my M4. Um, the, you know, that's that's how that works. And then, <clears throat> this is great. You okay, Alicia? John asked loudly. I'm good, you? I'm good. Jaime, how about you? No response. <laughs> 
response. Nothing. I'm as dead. I'm as dead. That's why you don't <laughs> stick a guy on the ground when people are p- shooting bullets at the car. Maybe the amount you of characters that have been killed off within like two chapters of us meeting them in this. Yeah, you know what? Wild. That is that is fucking ridiculous. How often that happens? This book, like almost like if there was a version of fridging, but for uh, uh, Hispanics, uh, that would be what this book suffers from. Yep. Uh, so yeah, he's killed him, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, even though for the entirety of the time they have known each other. Uh, John has hated Jaime with a right well, white hot passion. Well, to be fair, what does he say? What does he say when he realizes Jaime is dead? Damn. That's all he could say. That's all he says. And then what does he say next? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, son, where'd you find this? Yeah. It's almost what I wanted to come out with. Yeah. That would have been a better line. But all of a sudden, he's having these deep emotional responses to Jaime's death. Chants him a spirit song to light his way to the afterlife. Yeah, I didn't want to read that line because it sounded racist. It does, It sounded yeah. really racist. It yeah, it's not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're, uh, he's really upset about this uh, Jaime, who he has hated with a passion, getting killed. <laughs> Maybe because it reminded him of his brother's death. That's what he what? says, but they don't tell us why. No, I guess just because it's a younger man than him. I, but... Possibly. It makes no sense what. But now, of course, you know, there's just been a shootout uh, and everyone starts showing up. Right. Uh, the, 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 the the other police and the what do you call a, a wee woo thing? What's that called? Ambulance. That's <laughs> my brain. Jesus broken. fucking Christ. <laughs> this book is broken. My brain. What, what called wee woo? <laughs> the wee woo thing. You know, the thing that goes wee woo. <laughs> this book has broken my brain. I That's think it has. But so Armando shows up. <clears throat> And John is suspicious that Armando is the one who tipped him off. But Armando's suspicious that John killed him, maybe, was the sense that I got. Maybe, but here's the thing. Because Armando's like, did he die before or during the firefight? It it, it does seem to me like Armando thinks that John killed him. I also think that John killed him. Uh, (laughs) Even though the book tells us otherwise, we know we have an unreliable narrator going on throughout this book. That's true, that's true. Uh, But here's the problem, Benedict, is that... uh, John insists that Armando is the only person who he told that he was picking up uh, this guy from the from the the jail, right? Except he um, told fucking Nero Agave. Yeah, he told who... Nero Agave. That's the problem is that this writer has forgotten he had another character who was involved in all this, and also apparently forgotten that there's not just one guy at a jail. There's <laughs> other people. There's other people at a jail too. That there you can't just have a jail with one person. There has to be other ones there. But yeah, of course, they're all mad about this. Uh, or, you know, John's mad at Armando and all this. And uh, here's a, a piece of dialogue we got from this that I loved. So two of you surrounded six of them. You got to tell me how you did that. That's a secret technique taught to me by my great internal martial arts teacher. Teacher, John was stone-faced as he spoke. You haven't told me how it works. Armando was curious. And I'm not going to. Why? Big secret in China. Only shown to Chinese and Native Americans bound to silence boss and i wanted him to be like yeah i learned it from my teacher naruto it's the shadow clone technique so, benedict if you had a slight bit of nerd culture in you that would have cracked you up it would have been great would have been really great don't waste your nerds on me <laughs> <laughs> but yes now john turns around with the swiftness of a tiger and the intensity of a charging bear like, I okay. I'm not looking at the page wherever you're saying this. I can't tell if you're joking. 
Nope, that's written on the page. Badly. Okay. Right. I wanted it to continue with a list of bad adjectives. Like slightly smaller animals, like with the <laughs> with the, <laughs> the, the swiftness with the of attentiveness a... of a sloth, and with the anger of a cat that's been forced <laughs> to move off the bed when you're going to bed at night because it took your spot. You needed to get the fuck up. Of a Eurasian eagle owl. <laughs> Like, there's no point to these couple of pages here. Just like, ah, uh, John's mad at Armando because he thinks but, he no, told But then the John is like, maybe we should start talking in code like the Navajo did back yeah. in the day. Okay. And then Armando laughs and then John goes, no, I'm fucking serious. Okay, here's the thing. My understanding of Navajo code talkers, which is based off a vague recollection of probably seeing 15 minutes of the movie, um, is that they just spoke in the Navajo language. They didn't, like, also speak in a code in the Navajo language. I, I think that John is implying they need to speak in a code of some... None of this makes sense. No. None of this makes no. sense. It really does Anyway, next chapter. Yep, next chapter, Benedict. Uh, okay, there is one point I do have to nitpick about here. There's one last thing before we get to the next chapter, uh, which is, uh, you know, Armando and John. Armando's like, well, you know, cartel, they got all the money, so they could have, like drones and shit that's how they could have figured this out uh and he says let's not get too crazy here you know as well as i that the cartels have more money than the mexican government and that kind of wealth can buy you anything you want i'm surprised they don't have drones um i had to look it up because i'm an asshole uh the low estimate for the income of the mexican drug cartels combined is about 15 billion dollars in revenue per year the high side estimate is around $50 billion per year. Uh, Mexico's 2017 governmental revenue from taxes and other sources, $261.4 billion. So that's just, I think, some plain old like racism coming through there of like, oh yeah, you know Mexico, they don't have any money, they're all poor. It's that all run by the low cartels. for the drug stuff, honestly. It's, why? That's a lot of money. Yeah, that is a lot of money. I know it is. Yeah, okay. Maybe I'm just not thinking about it. It's it it's a lot of it. anyways, Benedict. Now we get to chapter fourteen where we Back time to travel. Sweet Tooth. Now we and we time travel again. We have talked before about how we are both so fucking confused. I have about no the idea where we events. are chronologically. I have no idea other uh, either. Because so the reporter, right? We opened the book with finding the reporter's body with Sweet Tooth, right? Sweet Tooth was there yeah. when he found the reporter's body. That's how the book began. Then Later, immediately after the woman was kidnapped, Sweet Tooth and her brother went to visit her at the hotel. Yeah, which None was a flashback from three weeks ago. We, no, that wasn't a flashback. It was, it was. I don't think that was. It was a flashback, but it was like the, the implication was that she'd been dead for a while and buried. None of this makes any sense, no. man. None of no. this makes any goddamn sense. I don't, make, I don't understand any of it. Yeah. Right better. But anyway, so there's, there's not that much to this chapter. To be fair. It's not. It's not. It begins. Sweet Tooth thought about the time when he and his brother Jimmy were mulling over the best way to hide the money he was bringing home and when it would be safe to start putting it to use to make their mom's life better than it had been in years. What nah, was it? So sorry, nice. when was it? When was it better, though? Like, because then it had been in years implies that there's a great time when she was maybe like a hotshot <laughs> drug dealer. where like. <laughs> Yeah, those times when mom was palling around with Pablo Escobar. Yeah. We were just rolling in cash and cocaine. And hippos. Times couldn't have been... <laughs> I saw a pygmy hippo at the uh, Chicago nice. Zoo the other day. Yeah, it was fun. It was cool. It just kept uh, swimming around through a hoop uh, under underwater because it was having a good time doing it. Yeah, 
Good stuff. Um, But uh, yeah, there's not much point to this other than that uh, they're sitting around and coming up with possible business ideas. The the, the winner, do. the winner of which is what if we sold oh, food yeah. and cake and maybe even fruit smoothies from a, a fruit food truck. truck, a food truck in his idea for what you sell from a what? food truck, <laughs> food and cake and maybe even fruit smoothies. What I if, look, what if we took our drug money <laughs> and put it into a fruit smoothie truck? What if we took our drugs and put it into fruit smoothies? How about Listen, that? people would keep coming back. I'll tell you that much. All of sure. these characters have been hit in the head with a brick. They all have been <laughs> hit in the so head dumb. with a brick. All Before so that dumb. idea, he was like, hey, man, we could both become long distance truck drivers. We could get our CDLs and team drive all over the friggin' country is a direct quote. Yep. And then he's like, then who's going to look after mom? Like, oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, we can't shit, do that. man. We got to stay by home. All right, food truck. Well, all of, our, all of my ideas are truck-based, so <laughs> on to the next one. <laughs> all right, all right. You know what? Hey, we don't. food truck doesn't work out. We can get one of those septic trucks, come up with a funny slogan to put on the back, right? Call it the honey pot. Nah, drive around and suck out people's shitters. Ah, it'd be great. It'd be great. Sure. It's a good time. Don't even need a CDL for that. Nope. Uh, I, I think we can skip most of this chapter, honestly. I think it's we just can, like too. Jimmy, and I want to leave more time for the fight, which is yeah, in the next chapter. Yeah. So. so, yeah, Jimmy is just leaving. Jimmy's leaving, and, and he h- tells his, his brother, mom doesn't trust him. So, yeah, he goes to visit his mom, who works at the casino, like uh, like you do. Uh, you know, there's like that racist undercurrent of all Native Americans working at casinos uh, that runs through this whole book. Like, that's just, I can't tell you how much that is a racist white guy thing to think that all Native Americans work at casinos. And it just shows through right here that this guy thinks all Native Americans work at casinos. But yeah, he goes to see his mom. She doesn't believe him that he's, she knows he's doing drug stuff, right? So she's like, ah, stay safe, young man. She's only 50, but, you know, uh, all old people talk that way. 50's old, right? Right? I'm not going to alienate any of our audience by saying that. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get to chapter 15, The Enemy Within. And it begins. Meanwhile, John Goad had convened a ship. That doesn't make any sense. Wait a minute. Yeah, the timeline's fucked again. Okay, the last chapter that we just talked about was was supposed to be a flashback. Yeah. And we begin this chapter with... Meanwhile, Meanwhile. <laughs> it doesn't make any fucking sense. So, you know, while while Sweet Tooth is daydreaming, here's what happens. John Goad had convened a Shadow Wolf only lunch meeting. So, you know, uh, uh, luncheon, um, they got uh, one of those big Subway uh, extra long subs. Oh, all, it, uh, it, it, it was Sweet Tooth thought about the time. So it just cut to him going. Yeah. <laughs> it was literally like a doodly doo, doodly doo, doodly doo, doodly doo. And then within the doodly doo, meanwhile. The timeline, look, Benedict, they say that time travel movies have internal consistency problems. This, no, this is got nothing on this. It's got nothing on this. So they're all at the restaurant. This is a Shadow Wolf only lunch. The people there are Alicia, Noche, Chico, and Kino. I am not sure we have ever met Chico. We have not met Chico or Kino, no. I don't fucking believe it. And, uh, of course, uh, Special Agent Wilson is coming by because he's Comes mad. Comes in as a red-faced federal agent. He is rightfully mad that they got one of his prisoners murdered. I would say rightfully mad that John showed up at prison, 
kidnapped someone. He had no authorization to take that person out of prison. That's not how prison works or jail. You don't get to just go pick someone up if you're a cop and take them. You don't get to do that. That's not how it works. And then got him murdered. So yep. yeah, I'd say he has a right to be mad. I would I'd say, say he's so, right. Yeah. He's probably correct to be mad. And um, this devolves into racism and then a fight yep. uh, very quickly. Just very the, quickly. The speed of light, it gets to that point. And it begins right here. Where Wilson is mad, obviously. And he says, or, or, Wilson looked like he was about to come out of his skin. Or I'll lock your ass up. You got that, Geronimo? You won't see the light of day until I say you do. He does keep calling him Geronimo, which they do at least acknowledge is super racist. Yeah! Yeah, at least at least they do. But, you know, with the amount of other racism in this book, honestly, it's not doing much for us. But John responds with, Let me tell you something, oh great white father. If you don't stop disrespecting the name of a fierce warrior chief and start acting like you believe that me and my friends here are actually human beings, I'm going to go Billy Jack on your ass. I don't know what that means. Then he takes a slow bite of his sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) I love the slow bite of the sandwich. Just like really slowly chewing in his face. Yeah, just like the the exaggerated slow motion biting down. It takes him like 30 seconds to get through and then (laughs) chewing. Chewing chewing like a sloth. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it should have been written. We really need to do some punch up for this guy. Uh, Billy Jack is a character from a series of um, native exploitation movies, I guess, right. would be the word for it, um, that uh, nobody really liked. They were, like, cr- pretty critically panned. Uh, but, yeah, he was just, like, a, a Native American guy who would, who would, like, get into fights with people. Anyways, so, yeah, he threats, threatens to beat him up like Billy Jack. And now, this next long block reading I'm about to do is for one listener in particular. You know who you are. Uh, this is what you've been waiting for, uh, and and here it is. I'm just going to read all the way through. Ahem. I may have to interrupt you. I'm you, sorry. You may have to interrupt me. Yep. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Just like Billy Jack did in the movie when he was dealing with his asshole antagonists, John went tiger face. <laughs> <laughs> he went tiger face. Yep. A martial Not arts method. face. He went tiger face. <laughs> yep. A martial arts method of draining all expression from one's face. I thought that was stone face. That, we got no. that earlier and it was called yeah. stone face. What the fuck? Um, I'm going to take this foot here. He planted, He pointed at his left foot. And I'm going to place it right there. And there's nothing you can do to stop me. He pointed at Wilson's right temple. Then we can all watch you shit your pants for real. <laughs> For real, as opposed to like the fake time he did it last time. You know, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you fake shit your pants. Uh, you get out of business meetings. We all know this trick. <laughs> Take all this kung fu garbage and stick it up your ass, Geronimo. He pushed hard on John's chest and was astonished when he felt nothing there, as the big man had moved completely out of his way, like a cloud riding the evening wind. <laughs> That's not how clouds move. I mean, it's not moving. The wind still hits the clouds. That's the Uh, point. Yep. Losing his balance, the agent stumbled slightly, making him feel stupid and angry at the same time. Oh, it would. To be fair, it would. I would be, I would feel Uh stupid and angry if I tried to push someone and they just weren't there. (laughs) Wow. A dangerous combination because the next thing he did was come upward, throwing an uppercut at John, catching him with a glancing blow on his chin. Oh, wow. John didn't dodge it? Wow. What kind of martial arts is this? Yeah. 
bad one. Wilson then threw a punch with furious energy, <laughs> catching John in the ribs, but hurting the furious agent's hand far more than it hurt it's, John. He's got furious energy, and his hand is furious, and his agency is furious. Everything's mm-hmm. furious. Yep. Wilson then threw a punch with furious energy, catching John... Oh, I read that. You read that already. Uh, Wilson pulled an expandable baton from his pocket. And I want to imagine it's one of those fucking little thin metal ones that people mark. Like, say, oh, he has a a self-defense baton. And you, like, see people doing... If you hit this on anything, it's just going to crumple. It's just going to crumple in half. These things don't work. That's what I want to imagine that Wilson has. Uh... <clears throat> from his pocket, whipped it to open its 16-inch length and launched at John, viciously swinging it, aiming, aiming for his collarbone, and after he missed that, for the big man's shin. Why would you aim for the collarbone? That seems weird. I Maybe someone can yeah. tell us why you would aim that for the collarbone. That does feel weird. That does... I mean, well, you know, they're cops. Maybe that's what they're trained to do. Yeah, they're all uh, pigs. Uh, John evaded the strike easily. It was then that the cat-like big man lit him up. When lit when him an... up. With an open-handed strike to the ribs that doubled him over and then to the floor, where he spit up half his lunch. Okay, here's the problem I have, Benedict. Um, So, you know, if you you try and do the Babe Ruth calling his shot, you have to actually hit the spot where you called your shot. Mm. Uh, John told him he was going to kick him in the temple. Yeah. And then he just... Punches him in the chest. No, yeah, well, yeah, that's the element of surprise, baby. The fuck is this shit? Yeah. Can I read the next bit, please? Yes, I know, because you want that so bad. (laughs) The other two CSS agents started for John, but Alicia hit one with a wrist strike. Parenthetical. Monkey wrist. Monkey wrist. (laughs) That snapped his head. She hits him with the monkey wrist. I just, I wanted to keep going. I wanted to keep going. She then went for his knees and hit him with the baboon ankle. Yeah, like, I just want all of that. Yeah, anyway, he lost his balance. She swung her leg behind him and took him down where he landed hard on the wooden floor. Yes. The third agent set up in a praying mantis kung fu fighting position. As one does. And threw a double punch at John. A double punch. Yeah, you have to hit B twice for that, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, just missing his face. John realized that this guy was a trained martial artist just by his movements. Well, because he adopted praying mantis kung fu position. <laughs> I feel like unless he got very lucky. Yeah, yeah. The agent threw a crescent kick that turned into a... St- See, anytime... I have no idea if any of these like martial arts position names are real <laughs> or not or anything. But it always takes me back to one of my favorite uh, martial arts movies, which is uh, Legend of Drunken Master, where... like. I'm pretty sure Jackie Jan was just coming up with fake names for all the positions he was doing as he was doing his drunken master style. Uh, but uh, either way, also, uh, Jackie Chan, piece of shit human being uh, who d- disowned his gay daughter. Fuck Jackie Chan. Uh, still a great movie, though. But, <clears throat> uh, uh, Agent threw a crescent kick that turned into a straight kick. So a crescent kick that turned into a straight kick. Somehow. It's like he... He bent his shin to turn it in. I don't know how any of this works. Again, John wasn't where his assailant thought he would be, and it threw him completely off. The big lawman hit him three times within a second, laying him out across the table. And then, um, you know, it just turns into a, a, a bunch of grown men yelling threats at each other, as most fights tend to do in my experience. It, it's it's very much like my dad's bigger than your dad. It's, very, like, you know, it's exactly what it is. It's exactly like, what it I'm is. I'm a federal agent. He's like, well, you're on tribal land and I'm a tribal police officer. So what yes. are you going to do? Like, well. Yes. And then Agent Wilson says, I'll be back with warrants for all of you. 
And looking, okay, this is weird. He describes himself as the high law. The high law. Quote, of course it will. We're the high law. Want me to spell that out for you? What the fuck does that? Nobody has ever said that in life. Yes, yes, I would. (laughs) I don't know what that means. (laughs) I don't know what you mean. Jesus Christ. And uh, yeah, so then they, they leave. They leave. That's they, where it that's is. That's it, yeah. And, and we get... Also, boy, this uh, paragraph. well, hold on. The, the, is it the final paragraph? Because I would like to read Right that. before the final one. Okay, yeah. you do that, and then I'll yeah. read the final one. So, um, this is after uh, Wilson and the, the rest of the beat-up agents start leaving. And it says, quote, John watched them go with the sinking feeling that this was leading nowhere good. It was never productive to screw with the feds because of their long reach. But what he had going for him was that being Native American, they could not violate their political correctness position, especially when screwing over or screwing with the Indians didn't fly in D.C. these days. Didn't look too good when raised at presidential press conferences. He liked those thoughts, even though he despised the misplaced rationale of the do-gooders who blindly followed like lemmings in the march to the cliffs of national disaster. What the fuck are you talking about? Uh, look. <laughs> I don't know. I think it is deeply funny that these motherfuckers who are planning an invasion of the country with uh-huh. jihadi fighters might well, be guys, like, we, have we can't criticize correct. him. They're Native American. <laughs> look, we're going to murder hundreds of thousands of Americans. But guys, come on. Uh, got to keep up appearances, lads. Come on. Uh, you um, can't wear your Cleveland baseball team t-shirt to, to the office anymore. It's just can really I just like... read the final paragraph? Yes, you can. Because I still don't know what it means. <laughs> and I'm going to read it and I'm going to see. And we won't find out what it means this, this episode either. Yeah. Uh, but it says, Wilson clutched his injured ribs as he walked towards his car, saying to himself... This son of a bitch needs a girl's night out, and now he's going to get one. End of chapter. <laughs> Look, um, he needs to go get some margaritas with his friends. <laughs> one and... margarita, and it'll open his legs. <laughs> <laughs> no, if this chapter had ended with, he needs a five margarita night, and he's about to find out, that would have been perfect. That would have been perfect. I think you the could predates the song, unfortunately. It would have been the greatest, the absolute greatest ever. Oh, God, you missed out on such an opportunity. Also, yeah. since that only came out like three weeks ago. You yeah. know, it's all. <laughs> but so, we get to... <laughs> we get to the... Believe it or not, this is the batshit insane This is chapter. the batshit chapter. We get to chapter 16, which is titled, The Coffee Pot. Mm-hmm. Why? I have no fucking clue. Oh, no, I, I know. I know, I know. Oh, okay. Because of where they find the thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, okay. they've referenced that she left a thing in the coffee pot for them. Fine, fine. So, it begins. <clears throat> John's phone buzzed. It was his shadow wolf brother, Sunday. Long time... Why does everyone have to have a nickname? Why is everyone might have just to have be his name, nickname? first of all. Um, mm. And then, also, it was his shadow wolf brother, Sunday, longtime mentor and beloved guardian. That, those words are in the wrong order. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, but it continues after what you just read. Who worked in security at the casino yep. while actually being a deep undercover DEA agent? That's yeah. It. Yep. You know how? Because <laughs> DEA... even the even even the the people with government jobs have to work in the casino. <laughs> I honestly, yeah, yeah. Let's just go with that. Let's just go with that. 
So uh, Sunday is telling him he's got to come by the casino because uh, you know there's uh, there's there's, things, there's some there's weird things. shit going on. Some he's weird noticed shit. this this woman checked in, hasn't this seen woman. her since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got a call from a newspaper in New York. A newspaper in New York, Benedict. I can't imagine what that might be. A newspaper in New no, York. No, because this is a good journalist, so this will be the post. <laughs> it has no. to be. It'd be hilarious. It'd be hilarious if our missing woman was actually an opinion columnist at the Times. Yeah, that'd or be like, the greatest. That'd be the greatest. <laughs> She's an editorial writer for the New York Daily News. Just... <laughs> yes. Uh, no. Or like the at... Buffalo Herald. Come on. She's at the. <laughs> we all know she's at the Post. Uh, it's, that's how it works. You, you you had the joke right the first time. Yeah. Uh, but so, uh, her name uh, Maria Alvarez. Uh, that is what Sunday knows. And that she's a hot shot investigative reporter. One of those hot shots that we all know about. Well, and rising stars in the industry. And uh, Sunday uh, agrees to allow John to break into her hotel room, even though he has no evidence that she's gone. So that's, that, boy, the cops just, well, I mean, the cops do just break a lot of crimes in real life. But, you know, that's just uh, keeping, keep on happening in this. It's just that in the books, they happen to be right all the time, mm-hmm. which is not square with real life. So they get to the room. And this is the line I have to read for you. Both men knew how to track and wasted no time trying to find a trail that might lead them to a place of understanding. In a hotel room, Benedict, they're tracking in a hotel room. In a casino casino hotel room. (laughs) You know how all that tracking experience really helps you look through a hotel room. That's how this works. But here's the funny thing, Benedict. All that tracking experience didn't do shit. It was just the fact that John, John really was wanted craving some coffee. a coffee. Yeah. Well, I think the book implies that he got some like spiritual guidance that he needed to make a coffee. Uh, I think he got a craving. I think he got caffeine withdrawal. I think mm. that's what it was. Uh, so yeah, he goes to the coffee pot, pulls it out. He's pulling out the water. He's filling it with water, and he pulls out the basket, and he finds the USB thumb drive. Flash slipped in there. It's a thumb drive. It's a synonyms. Synonyms. They're the same thing. No, I'm saying the flash drive is what old people call it. <laughs> Fuck you. But um, it takes. What does it take? Like a half page of them figuring out where are we gonna find a laptop to put this into. <laughs> All of the time, Sunday has a laptop. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, oh man, we gotta. Fi- oh, we need to go. We need to go to a special room to look at this. And they do. They go look at it. And there is apparently, it's unclear, but like, is it an audio file that plays or a video maybe? I have no fucking clue. But yeah, I think he, well, it says he heard a woman's voice. Yes. And it says, quote, there are tens of thousands and they're already here. They've been arriving over the past seven years, known to and protected by highly placed officials in our government. My brother was one of their vi- earliest victims. That's why I started my probe. I got nowhere at the authorities in D.C., and soon after meeting with some of them, I sensed I was being followed. The Islamic terrorists that are here are supported by sympathetic lawyers, doctors, judges, and CEOs, all woven into our society, funding the soldiers of their caliphate as they prepare to become active and begin the process of taking down what they call us, the Great Satan. Sorry, would we say that they are supported by, and I'm quoting here, them? Yes, them. (laughs) Them, Benedict. They plan to make America the front line in their campaign of terror. I know a man who might be able to help stop this, or at least work with those who can help to stop this. 
because the kickoff of this plan is in Arizona, with the help of the neighboring cartels. I plan to contact him while I'm here and compare information. He is part of and a leader in a network that stretches across this country of little-known blood brothers and sisters who have special abilities. I also know that he is addicted to coffee. She chuckled slyly before ending the message with, and he can lead me to the man who probably has all the answers I need before I move on this. So she's okay. looking for John Goad, who knew nothing about this until... Okay, I have a question about that. That was my assumption when I read that the first time. Yeah. But then, what we learn coming up here in a page or two, I'm not sure that... No, John so... Oh, no, no, no. For. So the first person she's talking about with the coffee addiction is John Goad, and then she uh-huh. thinks he can lead her to Sunday. Well, maybe... Because Sunday knows? knows about all this, as we're about to find out. You're probably right, but Jesus Christ, man. This is fuck. Okay, let's talk about a thing. Let's talk about a thing real quick. It's a trope. It's a trope that someone just, you know... Leaves an audio message themselves with everything but the most important details. <laughs> leaves a deus ex audio yeah. um, on a thing for someone to find later. Yeah, basically. But, like, come on, man. You could be... You had a thumb drive. It could have just been... John looked over the files and put the pieces together. You didn't need to use the shitty trope that will never fucking happen in real life. Like, you had an out already. You already had it figured out. But you went for the fucking stupid bullshit anyway. Oh, it's bad. It's just bad. So, uh, Sunday, Sunday, the guy, he's uh, acting weird, I guess. Acting kind of strange. Uh, and he's going to get some coffee. Asks John if he wants some. And John responds, hot and black. Like your women? Yeah, t- like bingo. <laughs> and John responds, That was once true, if the opportunity presented itself. And I think John has recently discovered racism. <laughs> it sounds like John was once open to black women, and now he is <laughs> no, currently like, not. No, I think he's now he's afraid of monkey wrist. <laughs> he fucks around. <laughs> Look, he and Alicia used to have uh, ethical uh, non-monogamy going on, but uh, after Alicia used the monkey wrist on a certain part of his body... I was going to say, uh, it sounds like <laughs> like if you were like, monkey wrist, is that a sex thing or a fighting thing? <laughs> I'm not sure I could tell you. I'll send you some videos once we get off the call. I don't want to uh, <laughs> But, yeah, so, look, there's like a page and a half two pages here of just like sunday is acting weird and yeah. john and is like, wondering let's why. him leave and then clearly has a crisis of confidence and is like come back yes he calls john <laughs> it's like a page back. of john being like well that was weird and then yes. sunday calls again and it's like ah yes. shit i've got something else to tell you and man i've got to read you so much of this block test because this is all the batshit oh lovely, dude yeah this is the two pages of concentrated batshit that yeah I was so i'm about. just gonna start where i have begun my highlighting and we will boy interrupt me as you need to and i'm sure you will need to well first of all he spells embedded wrong so yep 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 spells it with an i yep. that is not how that works <laughs> so this is sunday finally telling john the whole truth and he says quote that he's known for years mm-hmm yep Truth is, I am far more embedded with national intelligence than anyone could ever know. Whatever you think I've been doing in the DEA, I haven't actually been doing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to tell people what That's you're doing in the DEA when they're yeah. not in the DEA. Look, so you thought I was 
doing paperwork at the DEA, but actually I just go sit on my phone in the bathroom all day long and don't do any of my work. I haven't been doing any of what I'm supposed to. None of it. <laughs> and now they're coming for me. I'm in real trouble, John. I don't know what to do. They say they're going to take all my back pay. Fuck it. You can't take my sick hours. You can't take my sick time. Anyways, it continues. <clears throat> okay, here it is. He breathed deeply again. Our POTUS has personally filtered in and protected over 500 operatives and useful fools into the Department of Justice, the Department of State, FEMA, EP, and I have to read this in the conspiracy theorist going on a rant accent. That's the only appropriate accent for all of this. FEMA, EPA, FBI, DEA, Secret Service, NSA, CIA, and ATF. They are so hidden in those departments and branches that it would take an army to find and remove them before the takedown begins. And, uh, John, not in Take down? Words. What takedown? What takedown? It's already begun, John Goad. I love when he uses his full name in talking to him. Like, he doesn't, though, because it's John it's Nantan Goad. So. <laughs> that is correct. The older man repositioned himself in the chair and leaned in towards the tribal policeman. He spoke quietly. I know that you have already figured out some of this and you think what you found is really bad, but it's nothing compared to what I'm about to tell you. And you might think that I'm hallucinating to the point of being crazy. I wish that was all it was, son. Believe me. There is the deep state that is in full operation, being funded by the international bankers. And I think there's a, a type Coded anti-Semitism there, yeah. No, I was going <laughs> to say there were uh, three parentheses on either side yeah. of that phrase. I don't know, it's <laughs> probably just a printing error. Yeah. In and outside of this country, their money is the main reason this POTUS got reelected and reelected. He is arm in arm with them and the Islamic terrorists, and they have begun taking this country apart, step by step, and there is nothing I know of that can stop it. The leaders are so sophisticated that most of their people don't even know who they are working for or what will be the result of what they are doing. And that makes it practically impossible to find and neutralize them. Many of these people do not have any idea that they are being used by the deep state so insidiously. And if they knew, I'm sure that they would be pissed and probably wouldn't be part of what is going on. Okay, like, who? Who in this plan doesn't know that they're doing something. They all know. The plan... We've seen that they all know. ...is smuggling in nukes and terrorists. Who doesn't know? Seriously. That's a great question. Well, government employees are dumb, right? That's the... uh, Who is involved in the conspiracy, Kevin? Uh, Them. They are. Sure. No, he lists them. He lists Mm. them. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me read John's line. And you're telling me this goes all the way up to the White House? John asked grimly. Yeah, I'm telling you that. To the White House. There are around 50 members of the Muslim Brotherhood, Hezbollah, and possibly even ISIS, that were brought in by POTUS. And they are there for the long haul, even after he is gone. That should tell you everything. But there's more. Call now for five mi- five small payments of $39.99. You can have your own jihadi terrorist. I know you picked up on it when he negotiated with the terrorists on the release of our soldier who deserted his unit in Afghanistan, wandered into their camp, and was captured by them. And this is the part where it becomes clear, oh, yeah, that Obama is president during this book. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's Bo Bogdol, right? That's the that's Yep, the that's what he's talking about. That's it. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, of course, I remember that. 
then you also remember that POTUS traded four high-ranking commanders of ISIS and the Taliban who are back on the battlefield and trying to kill our guys in a trade for him. Doesn't that tell you something? Can't believe they kill still... all four of those guys later? I, I don't know. The, I also can't. Also, they weren't ISIS; they were Taliban. Yeah. Um, and I can't believe they were still mad about Bo Bogdan when they were I writing know. this in 2020. Like, that's like, wild. It's it's one of those. It's one of the many right wing outrages. Oh, you guys don't really care because if yeah. Trump did that, you'd be fucking. You'd be uh, screaming his praises from the rooftops. Yeah. It, yeah fuck you. Uh, doesn't that tell you something? And then Benedict, who boy? Now it gets fun. Who boy? Now the nativism comes in. Yeah. I'd have to be living under a rock to miss that one. Sunday continued. Why does POTUS spend millions of dollars to hide his history? No college records. There doesn't even seem to be anyone who knew him, even in law school. No wedding pictures of him and his wife, Michelle, or Michael, should I say. I'll it let doesn't you say guess that. what was added no, on there. Please don't. No, people won't no it know. says that in spirit. It says that in spirit because this guy <laughs> believes this. Uh, how was he able to keep this all private when everyone else who ever occupied the White House had to give up everything, okay, including dude, the color sorry, of their underwear just... and all of their tax records? You know how every president had to give up all their tax records. This book came out in 2017, and that's true. Every president released their taxes. All is of there... them. Is that a conspiracy that, like, Obama hid his whole identity? Like, I know the, like, yeah. the birtherism stuff is. Where do you think the birth... It, it's okay. The birtherism. I know the birtherism is, stuff. This conspiracy yes. is called birtherism because the birth certificate was the biggest thing that got the most play. No, okay, but, but the do people really believe that there's no photos of his wedding? Yes, they believe it. Oh wow, they really do. Okay. They, they, I just googled they it, and no there absolutely are. <laughs> uh, like they believe that uh, he didn't actually go to Harvard. They believe that like his you know his grades were faked. All this stuff like. That there's, there's so much. There's so there's yeah. Like literally, you could just Google Obama wedding photos, and yeah, there they are. There yeah. they are. You're just looking at them. I, I see them reflecting in your glasses. That's yeah. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's it. There it is. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Benedict, remember the intro uh, uh, chapter where he kept just going over what if all this is real? What if yeah. all this is real? And we all knew what he really meant was this is all real. This is yeah. all real. Yeah, that's that's what it is. And <clears throat> boy, this is where we get more confirmation that this guy is definitely a QAnon guy, where he says, quote, <clears throat> money can do powerful things, John Goad. What I'm talking about is what is called by some a cabal. Now, some may call this a cabal. <laughs> <laughs> An alliance of the parentheses, 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 bankers, parentheses, 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 the media, the terrorists, and the do-gooders who are the useful fools of everyone I just mentioned. And this is the scariest part of what has gone on. POTUS walked into the NSA and ordered them to delete an entire section, thousands of files, on the Muslim Brotherhood, Hezbollah, and even ISIS. That's the exact same phrasing he used previously when listing the... Yeah, which yeah. just shows that this is like a, a, a learnt by rote speech. Like, Muslim Brotherhood, yeah. Hezbollah, and even ISIS. Like, it is, it is. All the intel and tracking tools gone. Poof. Up in smoke. Done. That's... Um, okay, the drop of the cabal there. Like, that's the clearest clearest sign we got in so Yeah, far. it's not great. This guy's um, a QAnon guy, 100%. Yeah, I, I, so, I, I would say so. And then John says, you sure, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Look, to be fair, 
I, if, I would if, also be saying, those are some big words. If you had started telling me that you weren't just a humble podcaster and uh, a porn salesman, as you are, uh, we all know that's your, your real job, yeah. porn salesman, um, and you had started telling me you were actually deep cover with the NSA uh, and part of a plot uh, to bring in uh, 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 Irish nationalist terrorists uh, to blow up the United States. Uh, when you finish speaking, I would look at you and I would say, "Sure about that? You, did, you sure, sure about that? You sure? Uh, sure? Do we need to let you have a nap? Have a Snickers. You look hungry. Uh, but that's that's what happens there. And then John asks, I guess the obvious question, which is." What prompted you to finally tell me all this? And it's the news gal, quote unquote. That that's the reason it's the news gal. Um, and then John asks the other obvious question, uh, which is, how do you know you could trust her? And Sunday's response is, she's dead. <laughs> sure. He he realized the suitcase they were carrying out in the pictures was a little too heavy to be a normal suitcase, and oh, she was yeah. obviously in there. Because you know how you can tell the bit. weight of a suitcase yep. uh, by grainy lib- uh, 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 lob- lobby footage of people yep. carrying it out. You know how that works. Yep. Um, but yeah, really, the answer to how did you know you could trust her is that she's dead now. Yeah. So now I know I could trust her. You know, something must. She must have been onto something. Yep, and we end off, I will just read for you here the final uh, couple lines here, <clears throat> as I do, to finish off. It is, quote, So it's your gut that makes you think she... I'm gonna... Uh, sorry, I have to do it in John's voice. So it's your gut that makes you think she could have been trusted. Yeah, sound familiar? Yeah, maybe. But we'd better get our shit together and start watching our backs. Again, trust only shadow wolves. We're bound by blood, and that is our greatest tool. End! Of chapter, who gives a fuck? Of uh, the Shadow Wolves, uh, Deep State hijacking America. Boy, better. <laughs> yeah, not good. I mean, good, but not good. Okay, here's here's my problem. At this point in the book, John had basically already figured out all of that stuff, but seemingly entirely on intuition. He had basically already figured out that because everything is about terrorists, right? That yeah. the whole plot was terrorists being smuggled into the country. Mm. We really didn't need all of that. We really no, but I'm. You know what? I'm glad we got it. <laughs> I am. And I think we're about halfway through. I we're uh, just about. We're at what? Page one hundred, uh, and the book ends on two seventeen. So we're yeah. about halfway through the book, and um, nothing has happened yet. But Having hopefully a great something time. does. Honestly, they could have started with that chapter, and we'd have learned as much <laughs> as we have. Absolutely. Anyways, Benedict, uh, thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC and become a patron for as little as $1 an episode for patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, early releases of our episodes when we have time to do it, and more. And as always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons. Jacob Johnson, Danny Rosari, Some Trans Gal, New Buildings Are a Globalist Conspiracy, Carrie Conrison, Bobo D. Bear, Chili, Madeline and Zachary Wilson-Vetro, Stephen DeBeau, Tori and McGallan, Amy Kaiser, Sean Sullivan, Lauren S., Insert Random Scat Sounds. I will not. Thank you very much. Uh, Little Thick. Oh, so you interpreted that differently than I did. Yep, yep. Willie... (laughs) 
William Patterson, Flack Weasel, Kieran Dackler. Join us next week when our guests will be the missing children found in Jim Caviezel's basement. Oh, Henry okay. Lewis King Jr., Sarah Wolf, Aaron Burke, Megan A. Dooley, Gloria Scott, Clifton Stuckey, Pause, Arrestless Native, A Baby, Wah, Veronica Forker, Melissa C., George Saulnier, Stefan, Jordan, check out Wimbledon with Paul Bettany and Kristen Dunst. Sorry, Kevin. Uh, Utah Outcast, Dave Barwick. Uh, Chris Palmer, Bad Bible Stitches, Mockingbird Nation, Bacaw, Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Big Easy Blasphemy, Jay Reynolds, Stephen, and Cindy Dimmick, Taru Takanan, and Balls Waterson. Thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, with the fury of a diseased crow. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Club Podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.